0: Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man whose very essence can be bottled and used as currency in 20 different countries, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, friend?
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling good.
0: Good. That's a, you said 20, 20 different countries and growing, Zach. Twenty and, and growing, wider circulation than the euro. It's that's a very good point. And if you want to tweet us and get some of that sweet sweet essence, you can tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. Follow our news aggregate Twitter at Roman Circus News. I'm Matt Hayt. Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at Roman you can find us on iTunes. Just search Roman Circus Podcast. We are there. Rate and review us if you want. We could use some reviews. We could always use some reviews. And you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are located. All right, Zach, we had a fun night last night. We were on the Forte Catholic with Taylor Schroll show. Which yes, is, we were. It's out now, so you can go download it. He gets us to yell which is not our typical mode of speaking, but we do it. No, it's not. We do. It was uh he's he's fun. It was your your second time, my first time on that show and he's just a he's a delight, a lovable character that Taylor Schroll. He is. But yeah, we're so- actually
1: going to be uh talking to him more later uh in this episode and we're we're looking forward to that. That's a good point. And uh, (laughs) hopefully you all are, too.
0: Yeah, we'll have that episode here for you in a few minutes where we discuss uh, what it's like to be Taylor Schroll. But, uh, yeah, what do we got? Do we have any news this week, Zach? We haven't done news for a little bit. Well, we have done news, but we haven't done, like, uh, pop culture news. Anything on that front?
1: Well, you know, lots. I don't know if this counts as pop culture but um today in the failing new york times there was a anonymous op-ed by someone who is a, uh, a, a apparently a senior member of the trump administration
0: right i Hold heard on. let me see what, what about that? Hold on.
1: i tried to type in their website and it, it literally auto-corrected the failing new york times <laughs> so good um so this was like explosive. He's basically saying, you know, um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm in the Trump administration, and I work to restrain the president and hold back his agenda. And you know, he's crazy, and there are adults in the room. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was controversial, I guess, because I mean, here you have an an official in the administration saying that he's working against the president. It was also unique for the for a newspaper to publish this type of anonymous op-ed. And they, the New York, the failing New York times acknowledged that in the description, basically saying, you know, we don't normally do this, but we know who this is and we're, it's anonymous. So, um, wow. So, you know, that's interesting. And, uh, the president then tweeted treason in all caps with a (laughs)
0: question mark. Uh, I didn't see that, but that's good. Yeah. I doubt he's, I doubt he's thrilled. Well, be honest. this might be our chance to get some public executions back into the uh, view of the public. I don't know. I don't know.
1: He may try. He may try. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw
0: that some people were like, could that be Mike Pence doing this? And all I could think is, uh, I don't think so. But
1: Yeah, I I doubt it, but, you know, I don't know. I think that they used the pronoun he a few times. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it's not like Kellyanne Conway or or Ivanka or Dana Penn or no, what is what's her name? I can't remember that Sarah the, Sanders. Surely not Sarah Sanders. She's very loyal to the president. Um so yeah, that's interesting. And there was a book dropped about the president too, um by a Steve Woodward.
0: Not Steve Woodward, that's a old uh, musician and that was Steve winward wasn't it it's Bob Woodward Who? oh my word Woodward and Bernstein yeah. Zach
1: yeah i'm losing my mind um that's, the book's called fear by bob woodward
0: that's what we get for trying to talk politics
1: i know at this at this hour um <laughs> so the book's called fear i uh i haven't read it um It's uh, it's got It it claims to have an inside scoop On the Trump presidency Some of the officials quoted in it Have have come out and disputed The quotes that are attributed to them But they're also not very flattering quotes So I I wouldn't want anyone saying I said those things So so yeah That's interesting to see How that will turn out Maybe this book like all the Previous
0: ones will bring down the President Yeah Uh, Finally. Who knows? Finally. Who knows? Finally, we'll get the president to be brought down in flames. Zach, I was on Matt. the verge of dropping the hammer of justice today. Were you? Tell me about this. I was called for jury duty, and yesterday I made it to the round of 55, which I'm calling it, where they bring 55 potential jurors into a courtroom, and they grill them and ask them all these personal questions. And yesterday, it took so long. There's so many breaks that it was, it was such a waste of time, waste of our government money, Zach. And uh, so I had to go back today. They mm-hmm. finally got around to questioning me. And they're like, oh, so you, you work in Hollywood, right? And I said, yes. And they're like, you live there You're in Hollywood? And I said, yes. They said, "How about how long? I said, uh, a little over six years and they said, "Well, so you must be very familiar with the Hollywood nightlife scene then." And I said, "Well, I don't go out ever, but I am aware that it exists." And I think that was my I think that was the moment I got crossed off the list for potential juror because I think I proved that I am I'm not I'm not a, I'm not cool enough to be serving on a big LA jury, Zach. Did you have to wear a wig? I no, that would have been amazing. I will think of that next time. But I basically I was number fifty out of fifty five, so they kept whittling away, and it got down to about four before That's a good one. number. Yeah, it got down to about four before me when they agreed on a uh, actual panel. So I just I missed out. So that was uh, about sixteen hours of the past two days that I just sat there twiddling my thumbs. But you know, it helped me grow in longanimity, I guess. Um, in what? Longanimity—that's like waiting, waiting for a good over an extended period of time. I think. Oh, okay. Is it also like long suffering? Yes, yes. That's exactly what it is, and. Uh, it, uh, yeah, that was my, that was basically my past two days. I, I was stuck in this world between wanting to actually serve on a jury and then realizing that it's about two weeks that I don't get paid for because the company I work for does not grant me any, um, any, you know, jury service time. So, right. yeah, but it was, uh, I came close and so, you know, that's all that matters. But it, uh, yeah, that was that is important. Does the jury duty people do they pay you? Uh, I got a sweet, sweet fifteen dollars, Zach. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I'm going to need that. I need (laughs) you to send me that. Yeah, that's that's. (laughs) I owe you half of it, being my podcast partner. That's kind of. I
1: mean, I had to read all those tweets.
0: Oh yeah, I did tweet about it. It was you know I didn't know if I how how close I was to being held in contempt of court because of my sweet. Dope tweets. And now, would it have been just
1: a jury or a grand jury? So
0: i I was on a grand jury. In, Shut up. Yeah, in February of 2017, I started a year long commitment on a grand jury that ended this past February, where I had to potentially meet every Thursday and hear evidence. And uh Whoa. yeah. Did I not tell you this?
1: I think I now remember it. Why do you get
0: picked for these things so much uh because i'm my mercy and my justice are true, Zach. I don't wait are you registered to vote? I am registered to vote in California, yeah, why would anybody be
1: registered to vote if you're not in a swing state? oh, uh, this is bad. We're gonna get yelled at. um
0: well, you just asked if I, I was registered to vote. You didn't ask if I actually do vote, Zach.
1: Well, yeah, but if you're registered, that's how you get called. If you don't register, you don't get called for jury duty. I know. I that's I don't know why I do it. But you'd miss out. I I think it'd be fun to do jury duty.
0: Yeah, cuz I've kind of a I I would like enough of those hour-long dramas and I'm also kind of a nosy Nancy to where I want to stick my nose in other people's crime business, so it uh it almost worked out. Maybe next time.
1: Yeah. I know I do have some of that fear of missing out because I don't do crimes, and mm. so it'd be fun to be close to one by being part of a jury.
0: Mm-hmm. Close to close to crime, crime adjacent,
1: crime adjacent. Yeah, but to be in like a crime adjacent field, like jury duty.
0: Yeah, it would have been tough because uh, I don't know. It was. Uh, it would have been. It would have been interesting. It was a. It was a felony case, so it was big time stuff, but. Other than that. Whoa. Other than that, I'm just not good enough for our legal system. But anyway, I think that's about all the all the banter that we got for this week, probably, huh? Do you have any other sweet dope hip nonsense?
1: Um let's see. I don't. There's a new book out by author Ann Coulter called resistance is futile
0: oh yeah
1: um not planning to read it okay <laughs> uh, but i did see it all over the twitters because i followed people that were talking about it
0: <laughs> i i like how you just promoted a book you said you have no plans on reading
1: ah yes well i just I, wanted I, to let, i i'm trying to be fair and balanced okay so we had the book fear yes which is like you know Obviously, not very good for Trump, right? Well, and then like the original Trump supporter in the world was Ann Coulter, so right, her book probably pro-Trump, and so you know I just wanted to balance out the coverage because you know I don't want people to 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 think that we were on a side.
0: That's true. We're I, only
1: on God's side on this podcast.
0: That's right. And um, I was going to say, if and Pope Michael, Rachel Maddow has a show tonight on MSNBC. Zach, I uh, I did, will not. He be does. Watching. <laughs> I will not be watching. But yeah, that's the, that's the word. Okay, this is this is we're not doing any justice to Taylor Schroll by leading him in with this drivel.
1: I know. Well, on a serious note, I thought we could spend a few minutes just updating on on things going on in the church.
0: Okay, let's do that.
1: Okay, so we've already spent a decent amount of time talking about. um, the dossier from archbishop Vigano, Mm -hmm. former uh former papal nuncio to the united states right um so Vigano, the nuncio wrote the dossier and um obviously chaos followed um we have still had no word from pope francis on the issue there was someone at the recent that the last um audience or no, it was a Sunday Angelus mm-hmm. chanting, um, vegano, vegano. And this one was confirmed. There were people chanting something else, but it was three syllables and people thought maybe it was vegano. This one, it, it's clear as a bell. Uh, I tweeted the video from our news Twitter. There was one person, um, yelling about it. And, uh, so there was also, as far as people yelling at, at Sunday things, um, Back in the United States, here in the North American landmass, um, Cardinal had, uh who did step out briefly to Rome, talked to the Pope, came back, said Mass, and someone stood up and um, yelled, shame on you, I think it was. Right. And then stormed out. Right. Um, now, in general, we're, we're not for doing that during the Mass.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Um, now, but, you know, the there's it's debatable whether the the sermon is part of the liturgy or not but either way it it, it decorum still applies you know this is the thing that i always say this is the problem with a lot of the people who criticize the president who they have valid things to say but then they they break lots of norms and and decency in, in the way that they do it and this is similar to this thing so i mean i i i understand that person's frustration and you know, I'm not going to pretend to be a fan of Cardinal world, but I don't think that mass is the the time to do
0: that. Sure. That said, I, I doubt, I mean, the video was kind of awesome,
1: um, but you know,
0: so we, it was a little overblown that he was escaping to Rome to avoid prosecution, but he did go back to Rome and then come back to America.
1: Right. That was a bit confusing. So church militant um the media outlet run by Michael Voris. Fresh off um, of
0: Chris, fresh off of being a little too high on his own supply of finally, you know, coming into the open about being correct on some things. Decided right. decided to just let it let it all hang out there.
1: Well, right. Like they did this big breaking news brief. It was like at five PM that day. I, I streamed it live and was live tweeting it and basically they said that Cardinal World has been instructed to report to Rome immediately, and it's in order to avoid having his passport revoked. And the church is going to be put through a RICA investigation. A RICO and that's Rico. the basically RICO, right? And that basically would be the church being declared a criminal racketeering organization, right? Um, and so, okay, no one else confirmed this. Um, Life site and some other news sites picked up the church militant report, but anywhere that you saw this online, it was cited back to church militant. They were the only ones reporting it. Um, and then Cardinal world was very obviously back saying public mass on Sunday. So they were correct that he went to Rome, but considering he came back, uh, you know, I don't think it had any, anything to do with the pending um, Rico investigation or trying to avoid criminal prosecution. Um, so, yeah, and you know that's that's the fear that you have so obviously church militant and certain other news outlets have been have been hammering a lot of the clergy scandals for a long time and no one, you know, it was like they were screaming into a void, no one would really listen. And you know, now people are listening and there's all this proof. Um and that's the fear is that you know they get they get too excited and you know outkick their coverage and, and start reporting all kinds of things. Nice. You was that a good use of outkick your coverage?
0: I, I was just about to say you used the correct football term during football season, Zach. That's I'm very impressed right now. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. I try. Um, so, so yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. They were right that he went to Rome, but they were wrong about the reasons. At, at least it appears that they were wrong. Sure. Um, other than that, there hasn't been a lot of movement. There's been a lot of you know back and forth about vegan and what were his motives, and, and, you know, do we trust him, and yada yada. And I I think what everybody seems to agree, basically everyone wants to know, are the claims in in his testimony true or not? We don't really care about, you know, does he like the Pope, does he not like the Pope, you know, was he bitter about being sent to the United States, is he an old retired archbishop? There was this whole side story about his involvement in the hope meeting kim davis so kim davis is this just obscure i mean nothing against kim davis she's just this completely irrelevant county clerk from kentucky who signs marriage certificates right okay so you go get your marriage ticket from her and she wasn't going to sign those for same-sex marriages after they became the law in the united states it was this whole ordeal she ends up having to go to jail for a few days they had this like parade for when she came out of jail and um when the holy father came to the united states to visit um he met briefly with kim davis um they said because of i guess religious freedom and what whatnot she's also not catholic um it was you know later said that it was archbishop vegano who arranged that meeting in order to create controversy for the holy father and mm-hmm. they've just now said that the holy father didn't you know he didn't want to meet with her because she's been married so many times, and you know again that that's just a complete distraction. Nobody cares about that story. Yeah, um, not at all. I mean nobody. Um, but the thing I did notice is how crazy it is watching how much basically everybody that was part of that event, the the papal visit uh, where the Pope met Kim Davis, seems to remember in vivid detail. You know, everything that went into that meeting and what was said and what was done and who else was there and, you know, who knew what. Um, but then all of a sudden you bring up former Cardinal McCarrick and these very graphic things that he did and no one can remember anything. I know. Um, it's weird how that it's, uh, it's Right. Interesting. We've got, like, you know, your memory is is recalling all of the vivid details about this random county clerk from Kentucky, I mean, that's not even a real state, and <laughs> and yet, nothing about how your you know your bro was, you know, a sex monster for his whole life. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, it, it
0: just kind of makes you wonder. Well, luckily we have Twitter Vatican correspondent Patricia Heaton on the case. So I
1: know. So yeah, Patricia Heaton, famous for. Um, playing what deborah on everybody loves raymond
0: uh that sounds right i, I forget her actual name on that show now that I come to think of it she was actually on the middle for more seasons and episodes than she was on everybody loves raymond which is wild but anyway
1: well yeah but everybody loves raymond was like i mean maybe it was just in my feeling but it was extremely popular
0: yeah sure yeah it was one of the most oh. it was probably one of the most popular shows on at its time
1: right and so, um, so you know, she comes from a Catholic family. Her sister is one of the Nashville Dominicans, um, and which you know, the Nashville Dominicans are, you know, very successful, well-known order of, of Dominicans. Um, she's been tweeting quite a bit about these scandals. She's she's not happy with the Holy Father. She's not happy with um, Arch, or with Cardinal Whirl. Um, or these other church leaders and she's letting people know. And, uh, I think that's great. She's got a wide following and a a high profile and it, you know, it just takes people putting pressure on, on the leadership in order to get it. Um, Liz Brunig is continuing to, uh, look for answers and try to report on it and pray for her. I can, I can see from her tweets that she's becoming very frustrated with the process, um, and so, you know, pray for some fortitude for Liz. We know she's doing great. Um, and you know, I mean, we just hope that the we need to keep the media pressure and and just you know keep hammering this so that it gets handled. Um, you know,
0: yeah, I do know that's what we got to do. I agree, but now- yeah, and
1: the, let's remember our virtues, though, just to not to sound preachy but again I mean it's not something where you stand up and start yelling during mass um, you know the church is still the church the pope is still the pope um, you know I, I, I we just don't want to fall too far at the other side obviously we're disappointed we're devastated and we want to see change but um, you know there's still you know we're still we're still the laity the bishops are still the bishops the pope is still the pope um
0: just keep that in mind Absolutely Alright, let's check out that interview with Taylor Schroll Let's do it Zach, we have a wonderful guest with us today There's been some confusion on the internet As to whether this is a friend or a foe But I I assure you 100% friend all the time 99.9% of the time Taylor Schroll Yeah a forte Catholic.
2: How are you, Taylor? I'm doing. Welcome f- to the circus. Oh, thank you, thank you for welcoming me to this Roman circus. I think that means I'm about to be martyred, if I'm not mistaken. But thanks for the invite. It's the highest form of uh,
0: being a Catholic, right? I don't know what any sense that made, but
1: well, it's not the loudest because the loudest Catholic is the forte Catholic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that we, is so, me. Father Anthony on his uh, on his the flu podcast tries to take that from me, but he's only done two episodes, so it's still me. Oh, is there yes. really? So there us, really uh, is a flu podcast? Yeah, there's two episodes. Ironically enough, on SoundCloud, which we talked about when y'all came on my show this week, it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, go back and check us
0: out. We were on Forte Catholic that came out yesterday, Wednesday, and. Uh, if you're finding us now because of that welcome welcome to the podcast
1: but if you're going to go the other way taylor tell us about your pod tell us about your show actually because your show is more than a podcast right more than
2: just a podcast just like lebron james is more than just an athlete Forte Catholic is more than just a podcast In the exact same way in connotation As LeBron James means it So yeah, our goal here at Forte Catholic Is to make Catholicism fun again There's a common world leader right now I don't know if you've heard of him His last name is like uh, Trunk or something like that He wanted to make America great again I'm trying to make Catholicism fun again We're all about bringing the joy of the gospel Back to the people And uh, let's have some fun, some entertainment uh, Along with our faith yeah, Matt,
1: you you heard of this guy? You you heard of this this Trump? You seen Donald this Trump,
2: Trump? This Don Don Trump? This Don
0: Donald you Trump? You heard of him? Yeah, no, it's a another thing we talked about on Taylor's podcast, or maybe it was off air. But we have a lot of inside jokes, apparently, and that's another one. Uh, good tweet, man, had a great tweet, man, about Donald Trump <laughs> that just kept saying have you heard of this guy have you heard of this Trump have you seen this Trump this Trump Don Trump and it was it cracked Zach and I up for at least uh, a solid week so yeah
1: it was just one of those things where like if you turn on the news at any given point that's basically what they're doing so it yeah it cracked me up
0: so Taylor what what is making catholicism fun again entail did you go to catholic school growing up because we're split here i went to catholic school growing up zach did not where do you fall in that spectrum
2: well it shows because zach is holier than you so that i I absolutely (laughs) thought that that was the case i too am a product of public schooling loud and proud uh that never mind that's the slogan for something else forget that let's edit that out uh, so I love I loved my public school experience. Yes, it was difficult, but I grew up in the trenches and it made my faith even stronger to fight people like you. Oh, never mind, mm-hmm, we're friends. I forgot mm-hmm, we decided mm-hmm. that. So, what was the question? I forgot. We started talking about public school and now I'm lost.
0: What was your just your upbringing as far as uh if you were came up through the Catholic schooling system or if you if you found Catholicism late in life, just kind of your
2: background. I got you. Yeah, Yeah, what were you? So I, what am I? What was I? I grew up in the church. I am a son of the church. And that lasted until about uh, sixth, seventh grade, because up until then, I thought Catholicism was the most boring thing that has ever existed. The mass was literally the same every week. Uh, I didn't like my RE classes. Shout out to RE classes. Um, (laughs) Weird shout out, but okay. Yeah, Uh, I don't know who the person is But I just wanted to give them a shout out Um, They don't have a Twitter handle Because literally it's a group of people Across the entire world So I uh, grew up there But I I was so bored And then a new non-denominational church Opened up down the road And so I told my mom Hey I want to go to that church because the music is great. The preaching is great. It actually makes me love Jesus because we're talking about the scriptures. And all of my friends are there. Like, all of those were reasons that I wanted to go over there. But my mom, in all of her wisdom, said, Okay, knowing, knowing that I hate early morning, she said, The only way I'll do that is if you come to 8 o'clock Mass with me. And I was like, Ugh. But I said, Fine, because I really wanted to go. Do that. So I did that for two years. I still went to mass every morning, but I really was really living out my faith in the non- in the non denominational church. I, does anybody else struggle saying that non denominational? There's just so many syllables that are similar.
0: Well, we just try not to say it ever. So that's how we come. That's how we combat that problem. They
2: don't exist. Non denom.
0: <laughs> non denom. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so you were doing that, and then when did the when did the spark? Kind of flare up again.
2: Yeah, so like essentially, the God that I learned about in the Catholic Church all the way up through sixth grade, and the God that I experienced in the Scriptures in seventh and eighth grade, I recognized Him in the Eucharist at a Steubenville Youth Conference the summer after my eighth grade year. And, I was, and it was that point that I was like, I, I don't even care anymore if the Mass is boring, if the preaching is terrible, if the music is in eight different keys at once, and that's just because there's eight different members in the choir singing the same song, but somehow singing in eight different keys. No matter what it is, like I am going to stick in this church because of the Eucharist, and man, that's all I have sometimes. like In the midst of this last month or so, I'm just holding on to the Eucharist, man, because there's... There's nothing else that really really truly matters to me and uh, it was from that moment on like I you know I became an amazing and perfect holy person no I uh, was still a kind of a, a rough rough around the edges Catholic but uh, yeah that's that was the moment that everything changed for me and then I was Catholic for life. That's a
1: nice. So did you did you keep going to Super Fun Rock Band Church after the Steubenville moment you talked about?
2: I did not. I just found, I didn't realize it then, but it was that moment that I realized I wanted to make Catholicism fun again. I wanted to take the, uh, the good things from the church that I can't talk about because you don't think it exists. Um, I wanted to take the good things from that church, the dynamic preaching, the good music, and the joy that people had And bring that back into our Catholic Church because, I mean, like, joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's something that we're supposed to have, and and uh, a lot of this makes thoughts and fun again. Obviously, the tagline came with with uh, Mister Trump's uh, candidacy campaign. Whatever, y'all are smarter than me and know what the real words are. I don't, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know big words. Y'all use big words on your podcast, and I don't use them on my podcast. Not purposely. I just don't know the big words, so I can't. You want a big word? You ready for a big word right here? Sure. Sure.
0: Integralism. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Let's keep talking about me. That made more sense to me. So, so wait, I, but I, I just before you go on, it it does make sense how people are attracted to those to those services, right? Because they are. I mean, the preaching in a lot of them is very passionate and very great, and their music is uh, very jazzy, and it makes you want to move your feet, right? So you can see how people would be attracted to that.
2: Yeah. And I, I work in youth ministry. So we have these, uh, these statistics and numbers and stuff from the pew studies. Right. And Mm -hmm. essentially like the people, people who left Catholicism were polled and they were asked why, why they left like the, you know, and essentially the reasons that most Catholics think they leave and the reasons they actually left are very different. Most Catholics would say that, Oh, they left because, um, of the, you know, the the awesome music. And, like, that was a percentage. There was, like, I, I, I'm pulling it off the top of my head because that's where my hair used to be, and I just have knowledge <laughs> there now. Uh, about 25% left for that, like, more engaging music, more engaging preaching. But the majority of people said they weren't experiencing Christ in the Catholic Church, and they were experiencing Christ in these uh, Protestant, non denominational churches. Wow. And, like, so. Yes, like there's going to be a portion of that, but like so, so many Catholics that I've been around, especially in ministry, are have been like, oh, let's just, let's just like let them go, like whatever, like they didn't like what we had, and it's like, well, maybe it's because the content of what we have and the sacraments and all of that is beautiful and true and good, and it's never going to change, but the method in which we give that, we can absolutely learn. And grow from that and put a little bit more joy a little bit more community a little bit more uh, connection to people's real lives so that the sacraments and the grace actually do come into people's lives so that they really can experience christ
1: yeah well and that raises like an important sort of theological point which is like okay the sacraments have their intrinsic merit that is just based on the fact that they're valid right so like Mm-hmm. the eucharist is valid so that has a certain amount of merit but the way that those merits are um, the way that the faithful partake in those is actually through the uh, extrinsic means and so those things are are subjective to a point point. and so that's kind of like saying that you know the there is a certain amount of of the method being important you know that's why that's why liturgy matters that's why you know piety matters because you know these infinitely meritorious sacraments have to be have to be consumed or, or you have to partake in them and so um yeah i think you're exactly right with what you're saying taylor
2: well thank you i'm glad somebody <laughs> agrees with me but it's very rare
0: yeah and the trouble that <laughs> comes when <laughs> that's a yeah same here but the trouble comes when um people realize that they're losing these kids and then don't want to make any attempt to win them back right so it it's kind of like you if you if you see the kids are leaving and you want them to return you actually have to make an effort to not necessarily i wouldn't say meet them find a way to meet them where they're at or how do i word it like show them the truth and bring them into the beauty on a on a way they can understand. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it really does. And, like, there is things that we can do for the people that are walking away and that have already walked away. But, like, I'm talking preventative measures, man. Like, let's just not even let them get to a point where they're thinking about that. Like, if this making it engaging enough and – applicable to the life where they are experience, experiencing the grace that they are receiving intrinsically, like you were saying, Zach, like experiencing that and actually knowing that God is real and like actually knowing God instead of just knowing about God. There's so much that we can do to prevent this like uh, mass exodus, pun intended. Nice.
1: <laughs> right. And I, I, there's so many devotions that I would think would be really appealing um, you know, I didn't grow up in the church, but you know everything from like Divine Mercy to the Sacred Heart, as far as experiencing Jesus. And you see young people wanting to engage in in practices that are sort of mystical and stuff. Maybe not in the true sense, but you know they kind of have that vibe. Um, and I've always like, do you, what are the things um, about the faith that that the young people that you work with seem to really like?
2: Um, the big thing that I think that they like. Is the ability to ask questions? Uh, that's an odd way to answer mm-hmm. your question, but they they have so many questions, and so much of our experience in church, like at mass, like we don't have a place to. It's not the place to ask questions, right? Like that's not what the mass right. is built for. Sure. But so many of our re programs, youth ministries, um, whatever, is just like teaching kids, talking to kids, but not allowing them to voice like. Not a, giving them not giving them the time to voice their own opinions or giving them the time but not really making it a place where they can voice their struggles. Because, like, there's so many of our students that are – like, one thing that I started doing when I – because I travel and I speak primarily to, to young people. And what I started doing is, like, okay, you – you know, Zach, you want to come book me to come up to your parish – to do a couple of talks. Like okay, I'll do a talk but like right after that talk or like after after you know we do the talk, we do lunch and right after that talk, I'll open it up for questions. And I'll I'll set it all up and be like, "What questions do you have?" because at some point it doesn't really matter what I'm teaching about prayer, what I'm sharing about the Eucharist, or what I'm sharing about salvation history if you think the church is homophobic and you hate the church as a young person sitting in the pew or you don't like you don't even think god exists or like whatever your like we all have our little struggles and questions that we have about the faith even the three of us as adults these sure. kids these young people are still learning and they have all these questions so like if we just give them a talk on the sacraments it's like they're not really engaged and fully tuned in because they're like I don't think God is real and I hate this church. Like they're not going to listen. So allowing them to have a time to actually voice that and to at least hear some attempts at answers to those things.
0: Yeah, that's the trouble we talk about on this podcast is the idea of we're Catholic because that's what we've always been and that's how we do it and that's kind of the stock answer to some of the questions we don't know the answer to, right? And that's all that does is just drive people further and further away because they just feel like there's... Not only can they not get an answer, there is no answer right so yeah it the, the the more you and and i I assume you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume that they appreciate the times you have answered uh and told them uh, you know i it's not really my specialty, I don't know that area that well, but we can try and figure it out, or here's how we can learn about that right like I'm sure they appreciate that just as much.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. So a lot of times when I'm doing it traveling, like kids will come up and be like, thank you. Like we haven't had that before. We haven't felt free to do that before. But we also like once we saw some fruit and some progress in this, in my traveling, we started doing it here locally in one of the campus ministries that we work with. And we started doing this. We did it one time. We were like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And like, this is Catholic school students. And they still had, I mean we have them write them down and then i kind of go through them i'll group them together and like me i usually have a team so like here at like at this school i have uh, two people there that have master's degrees uh, there was actually three people there that had master's degrees in theology and pretty often we have our priests. and we just kind of take turns answering the question whoever feels more confident to actually give an answer um but we thought we were just going to do it one time the kids had so many questions and like came and talked to us about it and thanked us so much for it and they, they were like can we do this every time we meet we have a retreat for them every other month at the school and, wow. that, and we're like yeah and we've been doing it now for i don't know about six or seven months like since the beginning of the of the calendar year and they're just continually asking for it continually craving it and it's kind of been the most successful thing we've ever done <laughs> at that campus is That's crazy is meeting them where they are and asking those questions and yeah like if we don't know the answer be like hey um, at the end of it hey if we if we didn 't get to your question, come find me like i 'm always here at the school. come find me, ask me the question then if i don 't know the answer i 'll find it. we could talk so it 's been really yeah, right
1: awesome. like, hey, if, uh, if if you ask us a question we don 't know're you 're uh, kicked out
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no here here 's the deal. This is one of the questions that I was asked the other day. Um, I had to go like really look for the answer and i 've got about ninety percent of the answer. Somebody asked me like why. Uh, what did they say? Why didn't God just obliterate Satan whenever he made his decision to leave, so that we, like, we wouldn't have been enticed into sin and we wouldn't be living in sin? Therefore, problem of evil. Blah 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 blah. Like I was like, that is the single hardest question I've ever been answered in my entire, or I've ever been asked in my entire
0: life. Thanks, kid. You, you just glare at him and you say, "Because, and
2: <laughs>
0: because God let
2: wanted to, and I don't, I don't know."
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, I mean, be sure to tell them that, you know, we refer to God as creator. He he doesn't uncreate any souls that he creates. Because, um, you know, the nature... Uh, say, is, Satan continues to have an angelic nature, and that nature is actually good. And so because of that, on the level of his nature, uh, God continues to, to love his creation. Now, obviously, you know, he's a fallen angel, so that's pretty bad, but... Um, so you can slip that in with there, right? <laughs> yeah. I, told I think I learned that from you, me. Matt. Were she... you the one that told me you don't uncreate? Your um, God doesn't uncreate? I'll take credit
0: for it. I'm not sure if I did, <laughs> but...
2: I'm, I'm it just more proves that y'all learned. are smarter than me. I had to go ask the answer, because honestly, what I, I couldn't answer the question because I was actually taught something wrong. I was actually taught in college that uh the church believes that at the end of time at the end of all time so like four last Mm -hmm. things right like after death and judgment i thought that what i taught that what i was taught that the church said was that god then just wiped away essentially he pulled a thanos snapped his fingers and everybody satan all his angels and everybody was in hell was just removed from existence at the end of time not Mm -hmm. like when they die but at the end of time that's what i was taught and I had to ask around when I was asking for this question. And and essentially a priest buddy of mine, uh, it was actually Father Anthony Sharapa, who is like king of Catholic Twitter. Um, he was like, no, like there are some Catholic like groups and theologians that teach that. But that's not the church's position. The church's position is what you just stated. So I was like, even now I'm learning because of these questions that these kids are asking, these people are asking. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I got to go find out. <laughs>
0: That's
2: that's the yeah well it's t- it. like
1: the soul annihilation the soul annihilation thing is pretty is pretty big and I, I think that there are, are some Protestants that teach that I'm not really sure, um, but yeah that's uh, that's cool that they're asking questions I mean I I think that makes sense right like uh, my view is always that the truth or is that the truth is always attractive like the 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 sort of the unvarnished truth and that's that's been our approach to talking about scandals in the church that's been our approach to everything is just that you know instead of trying to sugarcoat it or tell people you know a a dressed up version of things we just kind of have to trust that that the holy spirit is going to guide people towards wanting to know and accept the truth and so you just gotta you know let truth take front and center and sort of not add your own like we you know that's sort of our thought
0: yeah especially we're blunt Yeah. Especially if they, it's something they want, right? Like they, they, when they ask the questions, they, they want the truth. They, they can handle the truth, right? As the reverse of the movie goes. So it's (laughs) always, it's always a bummer when it, I think on some level, I think we're scared to say we don't have an answer to a question because then that will lose them. But really the losing is just the non-truth, right?
2: Yeah, that's, well, like, we, that's my theory. Yeah, we tell the kids all the time and like I was taught this from a young age that questions and faith are a good thing as long as you are actually seeking answers for them and moving forward. So many people leave the church because they have all these questions and they never actually sought to have them answered. But if you have a question, go get it go get it go get it answered. There is an answer out there. The church has never let me down when it comes to asking a question about the faith and and get, not getting an answer. Like I've never been let down In that sense Um, And uh, one of my grad school professors Always said that every new thing we learn about God is another reason for loving him So when we get those answers to those questions Or we just hear something that we didn't even have a question about And we're like oh that was cool It's another thing that we know about God that helps us to love him It's just like you know when we're dating or whatever Like when I was dating my wife Every new thing that I was learning about her I was falling more deeply in love with her Because of the, the depth of that relationship Was growing yeah speaking
0: of that I'm looking at a picture on your website of these three beautiful children you have this is a uh, zack Zach, and I always talk about what we think the dream might be, and this looks this looks pretty close to the dream my man who are the who are the kids walk us through what I'm looking at here so Christopher
2: is my five year old he is currently in kindergarten at our local Catholic school, so he's following in your steps, Mr. Baker. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> He'll have a podcast in no time. <laughs> and then it uh, we'll, we remains to be seen what kind of podcast. Yeah. And then my, my three-year-old daughter is Magdalene Marie. Her name, we, we call her Maggie. Uh, mm. She was born on the side of the road on the way to the hospital. That's the cool story about her. Amazing. Um. Felicity was born like a normal person in a hospital, and she is 11 months old now? Yeah, 11 months old. She turns one next month. That's kind of crazy. So, yeah, my my life has changed multiple times.
0: Do what? Daddy's little normal person.
2: No, for real. I always tell people that even worse than my daughter being born in our car on the side of the road, my, my son was born in West Virginia. Why did I do that to him? That's the meanest thing I've ever done to a person in my entire life. How did that happen? Yeah,
1: none of the Vir- none of the Virginias are places you want to be born.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: JK, JK.
0: I have to check the numbers and see if we have any Virginia listeners, and they can scrub this episode from ever having existed. No, it's but fine.
2: Uh, it's all fine.
0: It, it's, it's I fun. said it. You didn't. That's a good point. We say enough on this podcast. Um, so what what does the next few months look like for you in the life of Taylor Schroll? The life
2: of Taylor Schroll. So I am actually a full-time ministry uh, missionary. I have been in youth ministry for about 10 years, and my job is actually changing this week, guys. Like, it's literally changing as we speak. So I have been a director of youth ministry and campus ministry for a very long time with Ablaze Ministries here in Central Texas. I am actually transitioning out of that role as we speak and into a marketing role, uh, recruiting for a blaze, uh, trying to find more missionaries to help further uh, the cause of growing youth ministry and equipping youth ministers to be the best that they can so that we can lead these young people to Christ and his church. Um, So I'm going to be traveling around. Um, This is going to free me up to do more of the traveling and speaking and worship leading, which has been... um, continuing to grow for me so yeah i mean you said you were just on the website um i am i am booked up this fall man i'm doing a couple of diocesan youth conferences one in the diocese of steubenville doing another one in vermont uh changing this job i'm doing all all kind of stuff man we've got our hundredth episode of the podcast coming up next week i'm doing a few youth ministry trainings it's this is just the life of somebody in ministry man we got all kinds of stuff going on uh, do you have
0: any? Speaking... Well, I mean, congratulations on all that. Thanks. Do you have any speaking gigs in Virginia coming up, or did we kind of just crush that hope and dream?
2: You know what's actually really funny? Um, so the diocese of Steubenville, where I'm going to speak, is my. We were living in Steubenville at the time. My son was born six minutes away in West Virginia. I'm actually going to be within minutes of where he was born whenever I fly in. I'm actually going to drive through West Virginia to go to Ohio. So I'm just going to have to watch my six to make sure that everything's on the up and up.
0: Well, that that is truly a blessed place of West Virginia, if there, if there ever was one, right?
2: So here's the deal. I, I grew up in Texas, which you can drive for 12 hours at 80 miles an hour and still be in Texas. Sure. So the fact that when I lived on the border of Ohio, I could drive six minutes to the right on the map and be in two states over. I could drive through the state of West Virginia in six minutes. That's insane to me.
0: <laughs> I'm just realizing now that I need to look at a map. That's yeah, so West Virginia has too. the
2: sliver that goes up at the top, and we lived pretty close to the top of that sliver. It's it's very, very odd. Wow. what's the
1: yeah, All those Virginias just confuse me.
0: What's the next state over? Is that like... Delaware or something? I don't know. I'm very lost.
2: <laughs> that's real. That's really far away, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> but to be fair, all I cared about when I was growing up was Texas. I thought mm-hmm. because I mean, still to this day, Texas is the greatest country that has ever existed. Look it up. <laughs> um, but I didn't know anything about the North. Like, I literally thought Ohio was like straight north of Texas, like mm-hmm. not immediately above, but like straight north, like where the Dakotas are and I found out that I was wrong, I didn't know anything. So I I made fun of you, and I have to take it back, because we have proved over and over again that you are smarter than I. So um, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, is actually 45 minutes away from Steubenville, Ohio, and that's where I'm flying into. Speaking of Father Anthony, right? Isn't that where he is? he is and this is here's this is crazy man so i actually sent him a message on uh slid into his dms of course i sent him a message saying that i'm coming up in about a month and a half or so and he was like no way when i told him the dates because i was like hey we should meet up and he said what are the dates i told him the dates no way that's when father harrison is coming into town to visit him um Father Nick is coming in to visit him. So, like, we're going to have this huge Catholic Twitter meetup (laughs) whenever I go up to do this event. It's going to be awesome.
0: I'm jealous of all these Catholic Twitter meetups that just seem to be happening over and over and over again.
2: I know, and I never get them because of where I live in this middle of this huge state. So I, I have to travel to do it. And I'm really excited to meet him. Like Father Anthony is is become a friend of mine. We play Fortnite together pretty much every week on his one day off because apparently priests actually do work. Um so you play Fortnite night? Forte night. <laughs> yeah. Did you, are you, did you listen to the episode that he was on? He made that exact same joke. <laughs> we hey hey, um, we don't steal jokes. Yeah
0: no. no. Yeah. I didn't listen.
2: No, so either, yeah, you steal right either you're stealing a joke or you didn't listen to my show. Either way, it's shameful and you should be ashamed of yourselves.
1: Yeah, you really backed me into a corner on that one. Gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. Gotcha question. I'm not even the interviewer and I gave a gotcha question.
0: That's what happens. It's true. I was going to say that, yeah, everyone's doing these Catholic Twitter meetups and I haven't even seen my podcast partner in like 19 months. So it's, uh, we can't even do a podcast meetup. So, wait, y'all have seen each other in person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, y'all we, just met we, on we the We became really good
1: friends. No, so we, I mean, we had already been friends, but we became really good friends walking from our hotel to Tim Hortons in, like, 20-degree weather in Ohio for our buddy's wedding.
2: Gotcha. So, apparently, I just don't listen to my own show because I definitely uh, asked you that question, Zach, when you came on the show. And I just forgot. <laughs> so, and did I mention Tim Hortons and everything? I, I literally don't remember. That, that's the whole point of Oh, okay, comment. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's
0: fair. <laughs> Every time we shout out Tim Hortons, a few people on Twitter seem to respond positively. So that's how we're building the brand. But anyway... Building the brand. Taylor, where can they find you? What else can they know about you? Give us all the details.
2: Yeah, so... I am on ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E-Catholic.com. There you can find all the info about my podcast, my show, how to listen. It's on all the podcasting stuff, Forte Catholic. I said when when y'all came on my show that everybody needs to go give me a rating because I'm not as cool as these people that have 8 billion Twitter followers, so I actually need the help. Give me a five-star review, and I absolutely want you to go review uh, the Roman Circus podcast as well. And here's the deal. If you give them a four-star rating, it will make me feel very good about myself and it will actually still boost them up. The whole point of why we want people to go rate and comment is that the more of those that you get, the more to the top that podcasts go and the more people that will find them. A four-star rating does just that. So go do that for them and do a five-star one for me. You can find all of my info about uh, I'm a traveling worship leader, traveling speaker, you can find out all of that stuff on the website as well. And he's a sisterhood of
0: the traveling pants. I'm not wearing pants. Oh yeah. Well, that's actually Ayo. you're not allowed to if you're doing a podcast, you have to do it in like basically a swimsuit and like or a speedo. I think that's the rule.
2: I've never worn a speedo uh, because I don't want to hate myself more than I already do, or um, make anyone else hate me more than they already do. But just to be clear, I am doing the show in athletic shorts. Just, just to be clear.
0: And I think Fair. That, I think that's about as good as it's going to get. Thanks for coming on. Check us out on his show that came out a day ago. And uh, yeah, let him know. Let him know that you think he's a five star type of guy. Guys, thanks
2: for having me on. Y'all are my, uh, let's see, three and a half favorite Catholic podcast. Congratulations. Y'all doing it. Oh, no, never mind. I take it back. You're my second favorite. I want you to get silver again. You're my second favorite. Hey, hey.
0: thank you. Yeah. There it is. (laughs) The the long running joke, and we're going to keep it going. Thank you very much, Taylor.
2: Thank you, man. Y'all have a good one. God bless.
1: You too. See ya.
0: There it was, Zach. Taylor Schroll in the flesh on the other side of the internet. You can, he's the best. Yeah. It was pretty fun. He's a fun guy. He was sending us videos of him editing our podcast last night. And it was, uh, he was, he, he would laugh over the parts that we were all laughing on. So it was like quadruple (laughs) the laughs. And it was, he has a, like his personality, he has a big fun laugh, but anyway, should we do a saint of the week? Let's hear it. Zach, let me know if you've heard of this lovely lady. It's St. Teresa of Calcutta, also known... St.
1: Teresa of
0: Calcutta. Also known as Mother Teresa. This one, I think this is special for a lot of people because this was like our our age group's first saint, right? Like the saint we all grew up... well. The saint, some of us older... One of the two. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. For some people, it'd be St. Pope John Paul II, or Pope St. John Right. Paul I think II. The, the
1: two saints at our age group... I mean, I didn't grow up Catholic, and so these people were dead before I was Catholic, but the, the two people that I think people remember seeing as kids or, or hearing about, you know, and, and feel like, you know, they they shared the earth with these people are obviously... Saint Teresa of Calcutta and, and Pope St. John Paul II.
0: Yeah, I can remember where I was when it was announced that Mother Teresa had died. I was in eighth grade and the principal, the nun who was our principal broke into classes and announced it over the uh over the speaker system that she had passed away. She died at age eighty seven on September 5th, 1997. Her feast day is also September 5th. She... One of the things is she had the dark night of the soul. That is a a big thing that comes up when people talk about her life. And it's used as a positive among Catholics and it's used as a detraction among non-Catholics right so they people that actually don't look into it or know what the dark night of the soul is see her writings about how she feels far away like how she feels um, no consolation and the things she does and, right and they use that as a well see she actually doesn't believe in what she's doing and right the idea is and it, it's totally the opposite right she continues to do these things even though she feels no spiritual consolation
1: right and just as a quick reminder because we did that prayer episode basically the soul there's three main phases that the soul passes through in this life while, while it's being united to God mm-hmm. um, you start from the purgative way and then you move into the illuminative way and then you move into the unitive way right um, and the when you move from the purgative way to the illuminative way so that's your first you know move from one to the other. You go through the dark night of the body, mm-hmm. which is you do lose some of those consolations. You know, things happen. Basically you become more spiritual and so your your body sort of falls out of that. But then um when you move from the illuminative way to the unitive way, you go through the dark night of the soul. So the saints who loved God um you know and, and persevered in prayer and grew closer to him in this life would have to all pass through the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And part of that is just to show that you love God purely because he's God, not because you're getting anything in return. And that's part of what that darkness is, is it's your chance to, to love. Right. And so for someone to persist through the dark night of the soul means that they, they had a very deep, I mean, they're just, they had so much charity to carry them through that. It's, you know, it's hard to even imagine
0: yeah the other the other detraction I've heard before is that she she kept people poor on purpose because she thought that that was a easier way to get to get to heaven and get to god so they some people would say like oh she was preventing these people from actually you know getting gaining success or gaining you know status in life uh first of all it is more difficult to get to heaven if you're rich but also the idea that she was purposely keeping these people poor in Calcutta, which is very poor already, like, I'm not sure what kind of wealth she was supposed to help them obtain, but that's, uh, that's something else that I've heard. She,
1: Right. I mean, for people with no supernatural faith, someone who spent their life taking care of people who were dying, um, you know, it's not going to make sense to a lot of those people.
0: Right. She started the Missionaries of Charity... And she the MCs. She won the 1979 Nobel Peace Prize, which is fun. She also uh, died the same week as Princess Diana. So that was a big, yeah, I was going to mention that.: Yeah, that was a big, big week of death there.
1: Right. Like I didn't know who she was at the time. You mm-hmm. know I was seven years old, and I remember Princess Diana dying because that was huge. And then all of a sudden, Mother Teresa died, and I was like, "Is everybody dying?" And who's that?
0: Yeah, it's the Rapture. They were the two. (laughs) They were the two taken up to heaven, and we were just the jerks that were left here on Earth. But yeah, her. You know, it's been two years since she was canonized, so it's great to have her on the books.
1: Yes, Saint Teresa of Calcutta, pray for
0: us. Absolutely. All right, gang. Well, Zach, I think that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Drop Taylor a line and let him know you heard him on the podcast. And uh, rate his show five stars and rate our show four stars, I guess, is the rule that he laid out for us. Absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) JK. All right. Talk to you all next time. See ya.